Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Hello, T3 Family Podcast. For the month of April, we will be in a series called Behold the Gold. The gold is God's best, and His heart is for us to experience His best for us. In this series, we will look at the gold within the context of sex, relationships, and culture. Today, we will focus on what this means for middle school students. I'm Allie Cranmer, and I will be facilitating this conversation with two incredible human beings. Would you two like to introduce yourselves, your name, and how did you two learn about sex? (laughs) Yeah, I'm Clayton Corver, and uh, I, you know, I, I learned about it at church. I learned about it from my parents, but I think I probably learned a lot about it from kids at school and from things that were watched and said. And so that's probably where a lot of learning came from. Um, so I, I, I heard the right things, but I learned a lot of other things too, I guess. Yeah. So I, I guess it was all over the place. It's yeah. not just one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm Chrissy uh, Kramer, and... I first learned about it because I had seen an article on the cover of a local newspaper that talked about someone being accused of rape. And so I asked what that meant. And Mm. we went into a whole conversation about it. So a lot younger than my parents wanted to have the conversation with me, but they Mm. seized the moment and had it with me. I was going to say how beautiful that your parents weren't like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Right. But they took the moment and spent time. How old were you? Um, We... I don't know. I was talking to my mom about it. I think we were trying to figure out. I probably was middle elementary school. Okay. Maybe. Yep. So. For mm-hmm. sure. Wow. That's beautiful. Your parents <laughs> yeah. took that moment yes. to talk about it. Yep. At an age appropriate level. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the three of us actually all were in some kind of church something in our middle school years. But the truth is some churches do a really great job of talking about sex and others don't. So we're not only talking about sex, so don't worry, parents. This is not like, let's teach your kids about sex. This is, we're talking about sex, dating, and relationships, and sexuality, and all those other things. But how did your churches talk about these topics when you were in middle school, if you can remember? I know. I know you both are young, but... <laughs> Just a few years ago when I was in... <laughs> um, I would say, I don't remember. I was in youth group starting in middle school. And I don't remember ever talking about sex specifically. I remember, I don't even remember talking about relationships other than like, Ooh, do you have a crush on this person? But like never specifically what they were designed for or how God created them. I remember my only church type experience with talking about sex or relationships was the camp I grew up going to. Okay. We would do uh, guys and girls panels. And so we'd hear from guy counselors and we'd hear from the girl counselors and we'd be separated by gender. So I remember talking about it there. But other than that, I don't remember a single conversation in the church I grew up in. Okay. So you're like summer church camp. That's where Mm -hmm. they talked about it. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard many camps do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember necessarily talking about sex, but I do remember the relationship side. Mm -hmm. I feel like sex was involved too in talking about it. I can't remember fully, but yeah. yeah. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Thanks, Chrissy. Yeah, I don't have a great memory. Um, I, what I do remember was, well, we're about the same age. I remember yeah, the book, I Kissed right. Dating Goodbye, yep. and some of those kinds of things. Yep. And so I think I, I remember more so the relationship side, although I am sure that we talked about the whole thing. Um, but uh, just, yeah, that relationships, you're young, you don't need to date anybody, you don't need a boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. Um, that's what I remember more so, I think, than anything yeah, else. Yeah, for sure, for so, sure. Yeah. Yeah, mine was 
um, I Kiss Dating Goodbye was a huge book, which is all about courting. Mm-hmm. And I would not read it for <laughs> you today. <laughs> Mostly because, actually, here's the deal. One of the images from that book has stuck with me for all of my years. And it was at the very beginning, he is at the altar ready to marry his wife. And they said, are you, do you give your whole heart to your wife? And he went to answer and one of the girls in the sanctuary said, no, he gave part of it to me. And then she went up and held his other hand. And then another girl stood up and then another girl and another girl. And that image like really wow. stuck with me. Hmm. It was actually really, uh, I think, a really powerful image from that book. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, there's just yeah. more about that whole story. That's fascinating. Yeah. But I think part of it for me growing up in the church was I remember asking and being a part of groups where we would have this conversation and the n- number one question was, well, how far is too far? Like, mm-hmm. what are the close, how close can I get to that line and not be bad in God's eyes? And I'm so thankful that we don't have those conversations <laughs> today because I'm like, how do you navigate that mm-hmm. with your students? And yeah, and culture today. So anyways, all of that said, so uh, you both learned about it at different points in different ways, potentially, maybe not sex specifically. Mm-hmm. Would you say, based on the things you remember, were there benefits to how you learned or were there hangups? I mean, was the not talking about it? What What are your thoughts on all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that so I remember specifically going to a conference when I was younger with my mom. I, I don't remember if my sister was there or not, if it was both of us, but this was at a different church and it was put on by the author of, and the bride wore white. And, um, that's where like, so the benefits of that to me were there some really key things that I learned in that, that I thought were super sweet. And so like there's things they gave us a candle that if mm. something had happened, um, whether that was in relationships or in sex and we needed to talk to, um, my mom about it, I would light the candle and bring it to her as a way of being like, I need to tell you something. Um, and not that there wouldn't be consequences to that, but in that moment I didn't need to be punished. I just needed to tell you, this is what's happening. And then we can move forward with the consequences mm-hmm. to the action. Um, so those were pieces where like, it just kind of created this open conversation between mm my parent between my mom specifically and me on relationships and sex. And so I, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, as far as from my own church, I think the silence is what was actually more of a hangup than mm. anything. Cause it made it feel very taboo. It made it feel like you shouldn't talk about it in church. Okay. It made it feel like it was somehow bad. And yeah. so it was really interesting for me growing up to like, well, my parents told me, my mom really taught me about how beautiful and the purpose of sex and relationships is, but then I had the church that didn't really talk about it. And so it, it didn't know how to balance that in right. my own mind. And yeah. so for me, I just kept like, I knew that it had a purpose. I knew God created it that way. And so that's t- that was how I kind of created my lens for how I viewed it was yep. through my parents' teaching of it. Um, but I think it's a lot of Christians' experience of like, we don't talk about it here. So then it feels shameful or you're not supposed to, or yes. whatever it is. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful, Chrissy. I think I love, I just love, I love your parents. Too. And I, think that they, <laughs> I just love that they portrayed it so differently. Mm-hmm. Cause and clay, I want to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts on this too, but cause one of the things I can sometimes run into being in 
with students and in student ministry for 15 years is, you know, if we talk about sex, then that creates curiosity and the curiosity makes Mm -hmm. it, makes us want to experiment. And now we're in a road that we don't want to do, but you didn't experience that. Mm -mm. Like it actually in a weird way, normalize the conversation or at least created a safe enough place for the conversation to be had that when you had questions, then you knew where to go Mm -hmm. instead of going to your friends. Right. And it didn't like, there was no curiosity that it raised and no experience. It just made it something so beautiful that I was more in awe of it and want, like I knew the importance of it being within the boundary of marriage. And so that's something that I never questioned and I found so beautiful. And so, yeah, I just kind of put it in a place of awe and wonder for me and just to know that it had such a purpose, but then it's worth waiting for. Right. That's cool. Okay. Clay, how about you? Were there any hangups or were there beautiful things that happened in the midst of Mm -hmm. how the church talked about it or didn't talk about it? Well, I was was thinking, so, um, my pastor I worked for last, Andrew Schmidt, was my youth pastor. And so I have a, a, a suspicion he told me this when I was younger, but I heard him say it when I was older. And I was like, that's yeah. actually a wonderful thing. I wish I, I would have thought more about. Mm. But he was listening to a group of men talk about what they wanted from their spouses when they got married. Like, yep. this, like these lists of things they hoped for and what they were bringing to the table. Right. And he flipped it on them. And he said, mm. what are you going to bring? Wow. You know, mm. What kind of baggage are you going to bring? That's what kind of right. person are you going to become for your spouse? And so just, a, I think so much of our... Our, our, so many of our bad decisions are because we're very selfish versus yeah. thinking about the other way around. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, and uh, realizing, so I'm guessing he said that to me and I wish I remembered it more. <laughs> right, I heard right, now, right. I was like, man, Angie, that's really good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's really good. Yes, that is awesome. So, Do you two think it's necessary for the church to enter into this conversation? I think so. I think what we, I think Christy's a great example. Mm-hmm. Her parents created a really beautiful, wonderful space for her to enter yep. in. So I think that's what we have to make it. We can talk about these things. Yeah. It's in the Bible. There's crazy stuff in the Bible. Right, and we can right. talk about all of it. And so instead of, you know, just let, just let, the, just let scripture just, just open it up and just read it and just yeah. deal with all the things that are in it versus, right. you know, picking and choosing. And so I think it's really important to do that. So mm-hmm. I commend Christine and you and your team for, for what you're doing in this gold series. I think you're, you're opening up a box that these kids all need to look into and, and, and deal with. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you nail a piece of it, Clay, because I wonder, like, I think the parents should actually be a huge part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Actually, the conversation should probably start with the parents, Mm -hmm. like in Chrissy's case. But is there a place for the church to help coach the parents? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, if we haven't, as parents, been coached on how, how to have the conversation it feels like you're jumping into deep waters, you know, Mm -hmm. and how much is too much, what's age appropriate, all those different things. So yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing to say. Well, I think it's really tricky. I've just heard some stories of people who are having to have these conversations around all kinds of topics with first, second and third graders because it's being talked about, they're being exposed Mm -hmm. to. And so I had a wise parent tell me, uh, I want to be the first voice. Yeah. I don't want someone else to be the first one. You're going to go back to who you heard it from first, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have little kids. Mm -hmm. And so, but it has me and Kelly thinking, all right, like we need to be ready to talk right. about these things sooner than we probably thought. Yes. Um, versus letting somebody else be the primary voice. Yeah, for so. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's right. My husband. Which is kind of scary. I know. <laughs> Mike always says to me, the first voice is the defining voice. Hmm. And, and he'll just pose that to me. Like, mm-hmm. so in whatever situation, the, just remember the first voice defines it first. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, okay. 
And you're, again, your parents did a great mm-hmm. job with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chrissy, what about you? Is there a place for the church to talk about this? Yeah, I I think you both said it. Well, I do. I really, I really believe that it's the same with a lot of other things. If the church isn't willing to talk about it, are you going to talk about it outside of the church? Yeah, you know, on. and so I think... What I have a desire for and a heart for for our families here is to how to equip them to have the conversations at home yeah. as well. So, like, how do we partner as the church with the home mm-hmm. to have these conversations? Because, like I said, m- my mom envisioned a much more beautiful moment to have this conversation right. where I was a certain age, all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of got thrown at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you prepare families now or earlier to have the conversations? Because yeah. it may not come in the timing that you want it to happen. Right. Um and so, yeah, my desire is to, how do we do this well together? Cause yes. I think it has to be a both. Cause I don't want the silent, I don't want the church to be silent on it either. I don't want that taboo around something that's so beautiful and has such a purpose. So Chrissy, you are the middle school pastor here at third. What did you take into consideration for this series? Yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest piece through prayer and just thinking about it a lot and thinking about even my own experience growing up and what students are experiencing today was that, and where our students are at today is that I wanted it to be a holistic approach. I didn't want to stand on stage and say, this is a list of rules that God gives you follow them or else. Right. Um, and I didn't want to be the person that's like, sex is bad. I like I, or relationships are, you know, whatever I wanted them to encounter God and allow that to be the foundation for how they then see culture, how they engage in culture. Um, And so that's why we went with starting with the word of God Mm -hmm. and then the father heart of God. And then what the culture is in chaotic in chaos and moving into holiness. And so there was just a bunch of pieces that I wanted them to hear from up front instead of just the list of what not to do. Um, Because when they, yeah, when they encounter Jesus, that changes everything. Come on. That's right. Yeah, because I think if we get stuck on the do's and the don'ts, so please don't hear what we're not saying, families. Like, yes. we're not saying that we just want kids to be having sex like, right. and to experiment. <laughs> right. But when we only go for that, then the true nature of who God is gets ignored and the purpose behind why God put boundaries up gets ignored. And then all of a sudden, God just seems like this judge that Mm -hmm. is going to hate you if you fall out of line. Right. Yep. And I think the thing I've always loved about our, our stuff with Fuller, our time studying with Fuller Youth Institute in Pasadena, California, is they have talked about the difference between the gospel of grace and the gospel of sin management. Mm -hmm. And the gospel of sin management looks at all of these topics and says, okay, if you've done it wrong, then now you're in a prison and you're trying to figure out what key can unlock the prison gate where the gospel of grace looks at if something happens and you make a mistake, you do something wrong, then you're on a trampoline and you jump back up and you're always bouncing back up. And the Lord's like, come on, just jump back up. Let's learn it again. And I love those two pictures because how often do we mistake good behavior as being Christ-like when the Lord's like, no, 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 I care about the heart. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, so you two in particular are some of the speakers for this series. Clay, you just recently spoke on chaos in the world. Hopefully it wasn't too chaotic. I don't know. I know. No, it was good. And then Chrissy, you spoke on the father's heart and then you're about to speak on holiness. So what did you two take into consideration when preparing to talk to middle school students? 
uh, what I was so I you know, speaking with Chrissy, she gave a really great picture of the room. Who's in the room? You have mm-hmm. this wide range of people yeah. who have experienced different things and have different thoughts and no more, no less. And so, um, I my, my my hope was just to lay a foundation. Yeah, just something really big and broad. And one of the things I've been struck by, someone was saying, uh, we have to be thinking ahead and modeling things early. So we're, just set the table for people. Um, so that when they get to the point where they make their, have to make their own decisions, yep. they have this great base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's funny. Um, so it's a totally different topic. But uh, there was a, a cartoon, drawn cartoon of a mom and two moms and two girls. And the one mom had her phone and her daughter had her phone. And the one girl was reading, the other mom was reading a book and the other little girl was reading a book. Hmm. And the mom said with the phone said, how do you get, how, how do you get her to do that? Right. And she's like, just, you have to model it. You have right, to show right. it. Mm-hmm. And so um, just think about us as parents, how do we l- love our spouse as well? How yeah. do we honor them? How do we love them, respect them? How do we show this is the way to flourish? Yeah. So hopefully in the talk tonight, chaos is confusing. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I am confused, I think about myself. Huh. Yeah. If there is order, if I know some things, yep. I can make some different decisions because I have some knowing. Mm-hmm. And so I hope they left with that. We used Legos. They built some great towers. Because um, you have to work within the logic of the Lego. And right. God has created an ordered world. Yep. And I always think about people get freaked out about the wrath of God. I always think of how Paul describes it in Romans 1. He, mm-hmm. it, it is disorder. Yeah. His wrath is to give people over to disorder. Yeah. So order is such a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we laid just a... A foundational piece for some people. Yeah. It was good for me. I liked it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, I think the same thing. I feel like we in each of these weeks so far, it has been a foundational piece yeah. of we're going to lay this. We're going to tell you what's true. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, specifically with the holiness piece, it's an encounter with scripture um, that, yeah, I think it's just continuing for our students to encounter God and allow that to transform. Because I can say like. I had a youth pastor. He spoke to me for seven years and I'm going to be honest, I don't remember a whole lot of things that he said, (laughs) but I remember specific encounters with God. And so if we continue to um, allow for that for our students, then that he's the one ultimately who changes. I just happen to be the person that stands on stage. (laughs) And so just allowing him to do his work through our students and yeah, just allowing him to do his work. Hmm. Well, and in relationship with the Lord, he brings the things out in their perfect time that he wants to work on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think, well, no, no, no. If we get all these things out and we make him work on all these things or make it seem like he's working on all these things, then everything should be perfect and great. And I think the thing, when I when I just think about students and families, and I know, here's the deal, guys. Like, I have a nine-year-old and I have a six-year-old. So I know I'm not in middle school years. I know I'm not in high school years. I know I'm only in elementary school years. But one of the things I've watched over the years is... There's no safer time for a mistake to happen than when your child's at home, which Mm -hmm. may sound so weird because I know in culture today, it makes it, we project it on ourselves like junk. I'm a really bad parent because these things happened. But the truth is they have the safety net Mm -hmm. of home. As soon as they Mm -hmm. turn 18 and they're no longer at home, Mm -hmm. there are different things at stake in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so middle school is such a beautiful time, not to say go have a frivolous life and go do whatever you want and we'll teach you along the way. But if something happens, you get to display the heart of the father, but you also get to coach in that Mm -hmm. in a different way than you do when you're in high school in a different way than you do when you're out of high school. And so 
Mm. Yeah, this is such a blessing of an age group, which I know is also an awkward and fun age group, but it's all the good things together. Okay, so here's the deal. One of the things I love about Clay and Chrissy in particular is that you two see the younger generations and you bless them and you see their hearts. And you two are not okay with those younger than us standing Mm -hmm. by on the sidelines. You really want them to be involved and invested in now. Mm -hmm. And you want them to know that they have a voice and that their voice is worth being heard from. Mm -hmm. So based on that, how do you see God's heart for this generation? Clay, do you want to start? Hmm. Yeah, uh, we've talked a lot about this. Just have a a passion for our young people, not just attending, not just consuming, not just being told things, but but actually leading, because they they lead so well, and they actually teach us so much. Mm-hmm. And so, we have to allow them to do that. Yeah, I think he has plans. I think that there is something brewing. I know people talk about words like revival and all kinds of things. I think something's going to happen. Right, that's right. And I think this next generation is going to be a key linchpin in it. Yeah, and so on. how do we equip, not just equip, how do we, how do we co-lead with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not us saying we will show you. No, they will also show us. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, just like that, this, that mindset of um, we're doing this thing together, yeah. you know? And so it's not us to, I don't know. So I think the father's heart is so big. I, the other night I, I thought of all the kids in the room and I think we had gotten an email and some kids are just exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to. And my heart just broke. And I just wanted this Holy Spirit to just scrub them clean, mm-hmm. just yeah. to free up their minds. And yep. it will still be there, but just to just to say some new things. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it is such a fun room, Chrissy, yeah. that you have created. You've done an incredible job. Thank you. Highly organized. <laughs> Holy cow. There's the no it, chaos in that place. But there, it needs and to it's be so organized. Fun. Yeah, and it's so it has, fun still. Yeah. And it's just... Um, so I actually would encourage any parent, just be a fly on the wall one yeah, time. Yeah, come on. Just come and just check it out. See what your kids are learning and doing. It's good. Like Feel just come. that energy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So It's contagious. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, probably wrong word choice. <laughs> Man, I keep doing that in this season. I need to think of a new word. Not Infectious. contagious. It's not that song. Infectious. Not it's, right either. We'll figure it out. We can look up some cinnamon. Yeah. Cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> the ripple effects are huge. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but what about you, Chrissy? Yeah, I would say, as I thought about this question, it is interesting because you said it too, Allie. But I think that they're they're really passionate about um, using their voice and mm. being heard, and I think that that's beautiful. So I'm a millennial, and so I remember a lot of stereotypes that we grew up hearing about our generation, typically negative. And I, as I look at this generation coming up, I feel like they get, they're getting the same thing, and often yeah. from our generation, the millennials as well. It's just kind of it's not the blessings; it's more of what's wrong with them yeah. or how they don't fit the mold of who we were. I don't know what it is, but I also see that they are a lot more free than Mm. they're a lot more free to express who they are. Um, And so I wonder if God's heart for them is to use their voice to bring more freedom to others. Mm. Um, And so that's kind of what I see for them is how do we help them encounter God Mm. so that then that freedom, if that's their foundation, if God is their foundation and that's where their freedom lies and they can bring other people in that, then they're truly free and like, what else could I? What, what else could we want right. than our students to be truly free? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, so with those truths and blessings, what are some of the lies you're seeing that are coming against them? I would say what counteracts that freedom is that 
they have more options to be anybody they want to be than ever before, mm -hmm. which then kind of puts identity under attack. Yeah. Because I think that they're, it's also very fast paced, this generation. And so I think that if something doesn't fit right now, I'm going to change mm -hmm. it. I'm going to do whatever has, to, whatever I have to do. Mm -hmm. And that distorts truth and mm -hmm. they don't know how to find truth. Yep. Um, and so I think it's so interesting because I feel like every student that I like have conversation with, I'm like, Oh, you're looking for identity. And as an adult, I'm like, I'm trying to find my identity too. Mm -hmm. And so how do how does this generation with their identity, yeah, kind of, not kind of, how do they silence the chaos that the world yeah. offers and the distortion and the shame right? and um, be who God truly created them to be. Mm -hmm. And then that is more than enough that they don't have to fit any sort of mold. Um, yeah. That they get to be who God made them to be. Yep. That's beautiful. It's beautiful to think about full freedom. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, that's beautiful. And for our middle school, can you imagine a middle schooler fully understanding that hmm. and how life-changing that would be? Right. Whoa, buddy. Yep. And then how attractive that would be. Mm -hmm. Like people would want that. Yep. It's that ripple effect. Yeah, it, it is the ripple, the ripple effect. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Clay? No, I, I echo, I agree with Chrissy. There's... Uh, I've, they have so many options. There's so many yeah. things to choose from. And so, um, you know, you're paralyzed by, by options. Mm -hmm. That's a, there's actual phrase for that. What, what there's, there's like something for that. Like you're paralyzed. Know you know, that's not like a good statement. What you too, said. I know so. what you said. I was like, I think that was the phrase. Yeah. Too many things. And, and, uh, yeah, you get swept up by culture so easily and swept up by people. And, um, yeah. So how do we, but that's it's the same thing's happening to us as adults, yeah. you know, it's more something different for us. So how do we all together figure out mm -hmm. um, how to say no to some things? I, I was really know. struck by I listening to somebody talk about um, the creation story. Hmm. And he said that we have a God, the God who knows when to say enough. Mm -hmm. oh, so he on. can create and create and come create. On. Then he could say that is good. No more. Yep. Yeah. And yet that against like cancer, cancer can't stop creating. So cancer right. eventually, eventually kills because he right. just creates and creates and mm -hmm. creates. But our God says, enough. Yep. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we help? How do we all find those lines and to say enough? I think so. I think our kids and adults, we're all dealing with the same thing, yeah. just in different ways. And so. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a tangent. I'm sorry, guys. I love tangents. Great. So have you two seen Mighty Ducks? Oh, yeah. Have you seen the, Mighty Ducks? The, the older movie? ones are then yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. But they just released yes. a TV show. Yeah. Have either of you seen it? I have I'm not. not. Seen. <laughs> okay. So I just watched it this weekend. It's only three episodes. Don't worry, guys. I did other <laughs> things too. Um, kind of. But I did do other things. But the whole premise of this show, so spoiler alert, if you need to tear into this off for a second, is there is this kid who was on like the all-star, the Mighty Ducks becomes this big, well-known, like powerhouse club hockey team. And this kid doesn't do the thousand dollar camps, doesn't have a sports psychologist, mm. all these different things. And his mom is taking a stand against that culture. Well, he gets kicked off the team. And mm. so then they create their own team. Mm. But it's so fascinating how you watch like all these other parents think this is all normal behavior, mm -hmm. that you have to do all of these things in order to be accepted to excel. And the mom poses the question, and makes the statement, how many of them are actually going to make it to professional hockey? And right, so little. And mm -hmm. she, well, actually, she turned around and said, 
none of them are going to. <laughs> <laughs> and she, but she goes, this is, she said, we just need to think about things different. Like our kids need to have the freedom to play, mm-hmm. but it goes with that, like to have limits, whether it's on sports or it's identity or sexuality, mm-hmm. like any of the things, relationships, they're are limits for reasons Mm -hmm. and the Lord provided beautiful. And I think that's why it needs to be reshaped a bit. Beautiful boundaries, Mm -hmm. not like limiting constricted boundaries, Mm -hmm. but beautiful boundaries so that we can receive the best, which is why the series is called behold Mm -hmm. the gold Mm -hmm. because we believe God is beholding Mm -hmm. the gold for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyways. Okay. Mm. Sorry. That was a total side tang- tangent, but no. it is worth a watch. Yeah. I'm also going to jump off of what yes, you just please. said too. Yeah, so I was thinking about this other uh, day when Clayton was speaking, I just like couldn't get this image out of her head. And it's something that Jenny Hesseltine shared with the mix a year, maybe two years ago, but mm. she talked about how they had done the study of, stu- of kids on the playground yeah. and they would send kids out to a playground that had no fence. And when it had no fence, the kids would stay on the structure because they didn't know where the limit was. They didn't know where the boundary mm. was. But as soon as that fence was put back up, they would play the whole playground all the way up to the limits of the fence, but they only felt safe and secure when those boundaries were there. Wow, mm-hmm. And I think that that, like when she spoke, when she shared that picture, I was like, man, that's such a good image for boundaries and everything because you feel more free when you know the limits yeah. and you know the boundaries and students often don't like to hear about boundaries whether but they know that deep down they need them it's <laughs> yeah. something that they thrive in but right. they don't like the rules of right. it right. Yeah. and so it's like you said how do you repicture mm-hmm. how do you reform what boundaries are how do we mm-hmm. look at god and look at his love for us right. and then see oh those boundaries come from love not from the wrath and the anger mm-hmm. right they come out of something so beautiful and has purpose but i think often we just see he doesn't want us to have fun there are these terrible rules yep. and it's boring yeah. right and that's not true Mm-mm. or like sometimes i think we look at even the bible and say the old testament that is so like old mean God and the New Testament's fun loving God Mm. when the truth is the Old Testament the Lord was over and over and over and over I mean the overs could continue to go trying to restore relationship Mm -hmm. like he was trying to get back to Genesis 1 relationship with his people and no one could go there and so then we get to New Testament where the only way that was going to happen was Jesus Mm -hmm. and so yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. we, the three of us, the three of us in particular, <laughs> could talk about this a long time. Yeah. We should probably move on. Okay. So Clay, you actually mentioned this a bit when you said you looked at the whole group of the mix based on the things that Chrissy specifically shared, and and I think it is sometimes hard for us to consider that middle schoolers, we have the whole gamut. Like mm-hmm. we have the innocent of innocent who have probably never even heard the word sex used. Okay. This is a side story. So my oldest is reading a book and they're super funny books, but there is a kid whose name is Neil the nude and she doesn't know how to pronounce it. And I, and so she keeps calling him Neil the nud. And and I don't know why he's called Neil the nude. I I legitimately don't know why, because he's at school all the time. And I don't think that he should be nude at school, but I'm always like, I don't want to correct her because it's so cute. (laughs) And part of me doesn't want to explain nude to her in this moment. So anyways, long story (laughs) short. But I think sometimes it's hard for us to understand those things. But we do have middle schoolers that are also engaged in the things of culture. Mm -hmm. And 
So we have the whole spectrum at the mix in particular. So how would you to walk with a student that has experienced the pressures of culture and has lived a life as part of this world? Mm-hmm. Who's made mistakes? Yep. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would probably start with a lot of listening yeah. and just hearing what they have to say um, and finding a place for empathy. Where does that fit in? And I think, oh, I'm getting a little teary-eyed over here. Um, I think something we often lose sight of, which is in- interesting, is that we do live in a broken world. Yeah. And then we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm. And just because I'm a youth pastor doesn't mean that I don't sin, that I don't fall, right. that I don't make mistakes. And I don't expect that of my students. Yes, I want them to encounter the heart of Jesus. And I want them to live lives on fire for him, but even the most on fire person for Jesus still lives in a broken world. Yeah, that's right. And so when I look at the grace that God has given me, and if I can fully know that and accept that, that allows me to have more grace for the people in my life Mm -hmm. and the things that they walk through, knowing that life is hard, that living here is hard. Um, And for my students, I never want them to know shame in the ways that maybe I experienced it growing up. And so how do I listen? How do I help them navigate? Because the truth is there is place for discipline. There's place for correction. Like scripture talks about how God disciplines us, that there is a place for that, that corrects. And um, there's a place for consequences. There is a place for consequences. Exactly. But it's also the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. I've tried to do with young people. Uh, Oftentimes I find they're kind of shy at first. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I begin by asking some questions just to get the ball. I just find out what they like and don't like. And then yep. um, just to get them talking. And I try to get them out a little bit because um, I, I want to, I love your serious title goal because I, I want to see the gold in them. Mm-hmm. I just want to yep. call it out. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. And so just see the good things they do, see how they treat people and just, and just call it out and remind them over and over again. I think man, like with, I mainly meet with young men. You're a good man. Like, mm. I see it in you. You're a good man. Mm. So just calling out the good things, and slowly they seem to kind of unravel and, and share more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, his kindness leads us to repentance. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just slowly but surely. But, man, I just, you, know, you, guys, you ladies both know, blessing, spoken blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, just weakness, bless them and bless their persons. But I care so much more about who you become than what you did yeah, today or yesterday. Um, let's not get bogged down. There are consequences. There are bad things. Mm-hmm. But who are you going to become later? Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. Yeah. And so it's called good stuff. Well, and the truth is, that's what Jesus cares about. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. Yeah, he's... the gospel of sin management, like you were saying. Yeah. 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 Opposite. Okay, friends, I have one last question. This is it. What is your hope for students and families as they walk away from this series? Um, yep. I have a lot. I'm excited to see what, what comes from it. But I think one of my biggest hopes is that they have a deeper love for the heart of God wow. and a clear understanding of how to walk in the broken world mm-hmm. with the same love and grace and forgiveness that God lavishes on them. Wow. Yeah. I love that n- your answer had nothing to do with sex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being serious, actually. Yeah. Yep. Like, because I think 
yeah, I just, I love that you're like, no, I hope that they encountered the father in this. Mm-hmm. Because it will change everything. Yep. Hmm. What about you, Clay? Yeah, if, if what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you, then what Christy's doing is laying his foundation. She's changing how people think about God the Father. Yeah, they think about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yep. So it's a long, slow turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I love what you're doing too. I heard someone say, you know, a lot of times we use the Bible as like a, it's more like a double-edged sword, which it is mm-hmm. in the moment we, you mm-hmm. wield it. But I heard some guy say that, you know, the, the Bible and the word of God is more like the sun. Mm. It slowly changes us. Wow, come mm-hmm. on. You know, so you're slowly changing these young people. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully yep. as families, we feel like, oh, okay. Like this is a process. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to take a while, mm-hmm. yep. but be encouraged. Yeah. You know, so. That's right. Yeah. I am so thankful for you too. It is such an honor to be on a team with the two of you because you really are. When I said you are incredible human beings, I legitimately meant that. And so for me, this was a really fun conversation. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you for allowing us to walk with you and your families. It is a high calling to come alongside of you and to walk alongside of coming generations. So please know that we do not take this lightly at third. This we understand that this is holy and sacred space and that it truly is a high calling. So Chrissy, would you mind blessing us and praying over us Mm -hmm. to end this podcast? Yep. So Father God, we thank you for the work that you're doing. We thank you that you love these students so deeply, that you love these families, that you have purpose and calling for our students and our families, God. And I pray that this conversation will be a blessing to those that hear it, God. And I pray for um, conversations at home, that they would be honoring and glorifying to you, that students would encounter you at church and at home. God, we thank you for these parents. We thank you for the ways that they love their students. That they love um, and desire for them to encounter you and to lay a foundation of who you are, God. So I just bless these families with sweet encounters with you this next week, this next month, this next next year, God. We just thank you for your love and how you are slowly changing us, mm-hmm. how we're all works in progress. And um, may we keep our eyes fixed on you. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family.